<laughs> Where's Odell? God only knows you guys need a champion. LeBron's gone. All you got left is the nature bar. <laughs> Woo! And in two weeks, two weeks, at the Crown Jewel, look at the insignia over there, guys. We're going to Saudi. Team Flair to beat the hell uh -oh. out of Team Hogan. I told you he's fired up. Oh, yeah. And Friday night on SmackDown, Hulk was talking. He gave it up. He played his cards. He let the world know, yeah, you guys look good. Little nature boys. He let the world know who the entire team consisted of. Well, they're great athletes, or they wouldn't be pro wrestlers. They're great men. Or they wouldn't be with the WWE. But they're nothing like the Nature Boys team. And guess what? I've got the last hand to play. The fifth member of our team. He could play for you guys. He could. He's that bad. He's a badass. Please come out here because he is a limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, son of a gun. And he's kissed every girl in this town since he's been here and made her cry. Come on out. Woo! Is he talking about himself or what? Who's it going to be? Oh, man. Wow. Ric Flair said he had the last hand to play. And he had an oh, ace up baby. his sleeve. Drew McIntyre. Well, now what does your heart say, Dio? My heart is confirming that Nate is on another level here tonight, but he was on the next level picking Drew McIntyre for his team at Crown Jewel. Drew McIntyre, the newest member to the Raw roster, and, well, King, I got two words for you. Game changer. Well, like I said, the Nature Boy told me that he was going to have the biggest shock ever for the Hulkster, and I got to tell you, what do you think the Hulkster is thinking about right now? These are some real muscle boys right here. <laughs> Brother, we're waiting for you to see Ricochet come down here and put him in the same column as the Cleveland Browns. Sorry, guys. Woo! Well, Nate's not quite ingratiating himself to the to fans here in Cleveland. No, I've got plenty to say, and I will when the time is right, but the first order of business, Ric Flair, you asked for a favor. And it's been granted. Woo! Sir, grab yourself a seat. Get a front row view. And I warn you all. I warn you, but you'll enjoy it. Things are going to get uncomfortable. Because I'm going to give you all a preview exactly what I'm going to do to Team Hogan at the Crown Jewel. always downtown on the road I have friends that come from out of town asking me to go they say there's so much going on why don't you come along and show us around 
I tell them Karen's not feeling well So I probably shouldn't go out Besides I've got a fix-it list Of things I need to do around the house Then I hang up the phone Turn the radio back on And sit back down I know my boy ain't here But he ain't gone in the mornings I wake up, give her a kiss, head to the kitchen. Pour a cup, wake me up and try to rouse up some ambition. Go outside, sit by myself, but I Sam and friends, I somehow always pulled out. But the pain of this was more than I'd ever felt before. Yeah, I was broke. I cried and cried and cried until I passed out on the floor. Then I prayed and prayed and prayed till I thought I couldn't pray. YouTube channel to watch new episodes being released each week. Thanks for watching.
ladies and gentlemen, to episode 178 of the Hoots Podcast. It's Thursday, October 24th, 2019. It's your boy, Joshy. Hope you guys are having a wonderful week so far. Uh, really quick, if you want to follow me on social media, I am on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Instagram-wise, I'm on Twitter at Joshy Lopez 94 That's J-O-S-H-I-E Lopez94. And I also have a music page at Josh Lopez Music where I do guitar covers every week. Uh, just around 10 to 12 different songs that come through my mind that I want to play. Uh, I do some guitar covers for you guys, so uh, go check that out. Uh, more importantly, on the business side, um, we do this podcast every single week. If this is your first time listening, thank you. Uh, we do this show and we drop it every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Anywhere you get your podcast from, this show is brought to you by Anchor.fm. If you want to start a podcast like mine or you want to talk about something different, it doesn't have to be uh, uh, specifically professional wrestling, uh, make your own account right now on Anchor.fm slash start. Also, um, I have a website. It's called ProSATranscriptions.com. Make sure to bookmark that website if you want to get caught up with every single edition of Monday Night Raw. SmackDown, all the major WWE shows, uh, AEW shows, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, and of course, uh, AEW and NWA and all the extra stuff that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, That's my website where I do all my play-by-play articles. If you're unable or you don't have the money at the time to catch up with all these shows, please use that website. Go check it out. Catch up what's going on with your favorite products and... Uh, use it as a point of reference, you know. Uh, that's the ultimate goal for our website is to be a point of reference for wrestling fans. So make sure to check out ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And then finally, for plugs, uh, if you could, I would really appreciate if you guys would uh, take the time to send out some reviews on Apple Podcasts, you know. Uh, subscribe. Obviously, uh, more importantly, I want you guys to subscribe and listen to it and, and enjoy what we're uh, delivering to you guys each week. But also, I would like to get some feedback. So, if you're listening to this, if you could take two or three minutes out of your time while the show's going on, write a review on Apple Podcasts. It could be positive or negative. I want to get some feedback, uh, some constructive feedback when it comes to the Who's Podcast and... It would be I'm very very appreciative. And also, um, I'll give you guys a shout out on air if you guys actually screenshot your reviews and send to me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. So um, it helps expand out the reach of the show, and it also helps me gauge on what you guys are enjoying or not enjoying when it comes to this particular podcast. So uh, please, if you can, either leave us a four or five star rating, or leave us a constructive feedback uh, on Apple Podcasts. So, on this week's podcast, we got a lot to get into. As always, um, we get to go into um, discussions about uh, Bound for Glory that just happened over the weekend for Impact Wrestling. Talk about uh, the goings on for WWE since they're one week out from their uh, WWE draft. Um, you know, the Crown Jewel is a week from today, as I'm recording this on a Thursday. Um, also, will be talking about NWA Power, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, man, NWA is really, really fun, and I, I couldn't put over that promotion more, and I'll tell you why later on in the podcast. Also, 
We'll get into uh, another week of AEW versus NXT, and we're wrapping up the first month of the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars. And I'm going to talk a little bit as to why I feel like it hasn't really felt like a war to me. And is there a show that I prefer right now more than the other show? I'll let you guys know as that goes on. But I want to start off with this. I want to start with some personal stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this on social media or not, but um, I had the honor and blessing of becoming a co-host on Jonathan Hood's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. Now, my episodes are not going to drop on a Tuesday per se because uh, Hoodie's decided that he wants to do two episodes a week. One for himself, where he does his traditional Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast, which you can listen to on Spotify or on ESPN 1000. And then there's going to be a second episode where me and Hoodie recap the weekly episodes of NXT and AEW Dynamite, and also talk about the new Serati Professional Wrestling. Uh, I, I plugged my appearance at Hoodie's show last week. And it was a blast getting to catch up with him. And as we're talking after we're done with the uh, podcast, he just tossed it up like nothing. He's like, hey, I got an idea for you. I got an offer for you. How about you be a co-host with me and do the second show? And I've been in a little bit of a funk recently. Um, I, I I think I told you guys about this a couple of weeks ago that I was in a little bit of a personal slash professional depression phase. Uh, recently, I had a job interview in August with ESPN 1000, and I really thought this is the time I was going to get hired. This is the third time I interviewed for this particular position uh, for being a producer at ESPN 1000, and then about three, three, three weeks later... There was a email I got sent because Disney, uh, who owns ESPN 1000, started, decided to make a deal with Good Karma, uh, Good Karma Brands or Good Karma Broadcasting Group. Uh, they are now the new owners of ESPN 1000, and the main owner for right now was um, uh, John Pastor. And he's retiring this year. So ESPN 1000 got new owners. And with that news, my position got canceled. I don't know if this ever happened to you before, but uh, when you're applying somewhere and literally you don't know whether or not you're going to get hired or not because the position got canceled out of circumstances that are not of your own. Uh, it would... Full disclosure, just looking back at the the email I got from them, there's like, uh, your qualifications or your stance would be going through the Good Karma recruiting group, and that's cool and all, but um, I that really hit, hit me at the wrong time, because um, I was going through a bad depression phase, I started to feel lonely a little bit, um... I think I was starting to burn myself out a little bit too when it came to doing the articles and stuff. Uh, there's periods of times where wrestling gets a little too much for me at times. I can admit that. Despite how much time and effort I put into these shows and into the articles, 
I love it. Don't get me wrong. I, I have in the time of my life when it comes to being a broadcaster, being a writer, uh, this could be the best time to be a wrestling fan. But a lot of what comes with being a wrestling fan can be exhausting at times when you're constantly um, doing shows. You don't know whether people are enjoying your content or not. Um, you know, just the pressure of trying to better yourself and be the best you can be. I want to be the best podcaster. I want to be the best uh, transcriber in wrestling business. I want eventually to start doing commentary in the indies. I, I want to do all this stuff. And then I'm, I'm a goal-oriented person. And sometimes I feel like I'm failing myself and I'm not doing something, doing something at a certain age. And then I had to remind myself that I'm 25 years old. And I'm not turning 30 next year. But I also know time's going by quick, too. Like, I can't believe it's going to be November in, uh, uh, next Friday, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or that next weekend is going to be, uh, I'm going to be, um, we're going to be in November. This year's going by so fast. And time's the essence, and I want to be the best I can be. I don't want to be living in Chicago my entire life. I want to start working more. I want to take my game up to a next level. Uh, I put the hashtag student the game and sometimes I start questioning myself how can you be a student of the game if you never end up leaving school? I feel like I've been in school for seven years since I've been doing this stuff and I don't regret a single second of it. There's times where I I question myself if I'm failing myself when it comes to this line of work. <laughs> I, I was talking a little bit about this on Twitter. I'm very hard on myself to a fault. I'm my worst critic. I am my own worst enemy. Anytime I start thinking about things or I, I'm in my head, it's not a good thing. And again, the... Just looking at the numbers for our podcast, I could be more grateful for you guys. I, I want to. I, I hope you guys understand that. Like, I'm very, very appreciative of any of you who listen to the show for a minute, three minutes, or even the full show. Any of you that take the time out of your day to listen to me talk about professional wrestling, I'm grateful for that. I'm a nobody. <laughs> you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not hired by a serious exam like Dave Greco where you take his stuff seriously and this and that. You know, I don't have that platform yet. But I think I'm very proud of what I've been able to deliver on air uh, through the website. I'm very proud of my work. At the same time, I just want more, you know. Uh, at this, at, I want to make this clear, too. I don't want to be handed things, so... Let's not get that confused. I've never been afraid or stray away from hard work and actually earning things. So when Hoodie decides to offer me the opportunity to be a co-host on his show, even though it's not the radio show or it's not on ESPN 1000, I could be more grateful. I really think this opportunity came at the right time for me because, you know, Hoodie... Really, I met Hoodie when I was at the lowest part of my life. When when I was in broadcasting school, this is literally a year out from my parents getting divorced and basically my family being torn apart. And I was at the I was at the point of no return. 
I had nothing to fight for, nothing to care about. You know, I had I had conversations with my boy Alex Lasquez, who was the original co-host of of the Pro Wrestling Experience. Now, now known as the Hoots Podcast, <laughs> um, and he gave me the uh, he told me about the Illinois Media School. I met Hoodie. Hoodie was my main uh, teacher at the Illinois Media School, especially when we were doing sports topics and radio work at the school. As far as the programs concerned, uh, the curriculum. So, Hoodie has been there for me since the beginning of this <laughs> broadcasting phase. Guys, I'm a, I'm a shy kid from Chicago, you know. I'm not obnoxious. I don't need attention. I don't need people to kiss my ass. I think I'm, I think I'm a good-hearted person who likes to have fun and laugh here and there, you know. Uh, I take my work seriously. I like... I like I like to have fun at the same time. Again, I I don't need to be the center of attention at all times, and that that can be a little counterintuitive when it comes to this line work because sometimes you have to be that way. But uh, I'm not an ego driven person, and it took it took a little while for me to get out of my shell and trust myself when it came to this line work. And Hoodie helped me get to that point. I think he's always believed in me. And I couldn't thank him enough for that because I think when it comes to this line of work or any line of work, you need to have somebody who believes in you and can see the actual talent inside of you. Whether Hootie thinks I have a big future or not in this business, I don't know. That's only for him to say. But I'm not where I am right now if it's not for Jonathan Hood. And I, I, I keep mentioning this up on social media, but it's the truth. And that's why I'm starting <laughs> this show a little, a little on a personal tip because... Not that I'm getting emotional right now, but, you know, I'm thinking about the last seven years, and he's always been the one that's believed in me. When things were going slow for me after I left the Russell Zone, he let me uh, appear on his show on ESPN with Dawson. Just when I think uh, this broadcasting stuff and writing stuff is getting the best of me, he offered me an uh, opportunity to be a co-host on his podcast. Like, what? <laughs> like... I, I really admire this dude. I really do. I Even when he was being my teacher, like I was a big fan of his because I listened to a lot of his uh, ESPN Chicago game night shows on ESPN 1000. Not to think that I'm going to be a co-host of his show and working with him weekly. I couldn't be more grateful for that. And I think at the same time with this opportunity, it lights another fire under me where... There's nothing that I can't accomplish. And I, I had to remind myself that every single day. You know, the the fact that we're almost reaching 100,000 listeners on Anchor is fucking insane to me. <laughs> because we start uploading the shows up on Anchor uh, in January. That's a lot of people. And again, I could be grateful for you guys um, for listening to the show. I think my frustration at times comes with the fact that I, I we we usually don't get a lot of social feedback on the show. Yeah, I see the retweets and stuff, and I I know the good brothers and good sisters who actually do listen to the show, and I do love you guys. But you know, I with what I what what with my overall goal and what I think I offer to you guys as wrestling fans and what the overall goal of this show is, I think we could have more social feedback 
because this is a show for wrestling fans that, you know, it's okay to be a fan without having dirt sheets and extra stuff to dictate your opinion. I speak from the heart. Maybe you agree or disagree with the way I view things when it comes to pro wrestling, and that's perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, I want you to have two things when you listen to the show. Take something positive uh, as a life lesson out of the show, and secondly, and more importantly, just uh, I hope it's a reminder that it's okay to be a wrestling fan without having to act like you need to be an analyst on social media, because you're not. <laughs> That's the ultimate goal of this show, so... I know, I'm sorry I'm talking about some deep stuff and personal stuff, but I do consider you guys family, and I, I'm i not afraid to speak from the heart, and I, had, I, I felt like I needed to mention this, because... Uh, this opportunity that I'm going to have now with Hoodie, uh, with being part of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, is the biggest blessing that I've had uh, in the last couple years. And no matter what happens in the future, whether I finally get this damn position with ESPN 1000 or the score, something's going to give. And I think it all starts with baby steps, you know? You take each step in this career, in this journey... You don't take it for granted. You do the best you can. You put a smile on your face and you kick ass. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited, you know. <laughs> That's why I'm waking up extra early here on Thursdays to record this podcast before I do Hoodie Show. I want you guys to feel my passion for this. And, again, I'm not going to hide or say things to appease a lot of people. <laughs> Uh, at the same time, I'm not going to come here and make you feel bad for being a wrestling fan. And I think I've been consistent with that. So, before we move on, let's take a swig of water for the working man. Let's talk about Impact Wrestling. Take it over Chicago over the weekend. Uh, they had separate side shows uh, throughout the Chicago area. I think, they, I think they did a show at 115 Bourbon Street, which is pretty cool. Anyways, let's let's get into Bound for Glory because this is this was Impact's biggest show of the year, and I think it can't be said enough how much of a redemption type of year this has been for Impact Wrestling from their storylines, uh, company perception, most importantly, and I think business wise too, especially with the fact that they got this deal with Access TV, Impact Wrestling has done a lot of good things this year, and I think it's done well. For the boys and girls, and more importantly, for the fans and the entire business. And, you know, they had this ad for their next interview called Hard to Kill, and I guess, I guess the saying is true. Impact Wrestling, TNA, whatever you want to call it, is hard to kill. It won't go away. And it's a testament to Don Callis, uh, Scott Demore, uh, the people at Anthem Sports and Entertainment, uh, the entire roster, men male and female, they deserve a lot of credit for a lot of the buzz that they're gaining right now, and, you know, Impact is taking the old SmackDown slot on Tuesdays now. Support Impact. Watch your shows on Access TV. They do good stuff, and I've I've actually enjoyed covering Impact every single week. Now, they had their biggest show of the year in Chicago. Let's start with the positives really quick. Uh, Man, Michael Elgin... And Naomichi Marfuji, that match was insane. You know, sometimes Marfuji matches can be hit and miss with me because I see him some occasionally in uh, 
New Japan Pro Wrestling, or I'll see him pop up at a Ring of Honor show. But this match that he had in particular with Michael Elgin was just absolutely insane. I'm a Michael Elgin mark, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. The dude's freaking awesome. I love watching him perform. He has weekly barn burners on Impact, and I I really feel like Elgin and Mar Fuji may have stole the show at uh, Bound for Glory. I think overall, if you if you want to ask my general thoughts on the pay review, I thought the show was like a solid B or B plus. Uh, I didn't think it was an A pay-per-view, but I thought I thought it was a good show for what it was, from top to bottom. I thought the little, little parts of the Call Your Shot gauntlet or Battle Royal uh, was a little over all over the place. I still don't get it how you have a Battle Royal where you just eliminate people over the top rope, and then the final person gets decided via pinfall, submission, or throwing somebody out of the ring. I think that's a little weird stipulation, but that's just my opinion. The knockouts match with Ty Valkyrie and Tim Dashwood was alright. Um, trying to see what else stood out to me. The X Division ladder match was pretty cool. Uh, AC Romero, his big ass, <laughs> nearly dying going through that two sets of tables on the floor. Uh, Jake Chris is a phenomenal performer. Tessa Blanchard was about literally fingertips away from becoming the X Division champion. Slimy Ace Austin from behind knocks Tessa Blanchard off the ladder and he is your new X Division champion. Ace Austin, man. He is, uh, in my opinion, I think Ace Austin may be the breakout performer for Impact this year. And uh, he's getting a lot of heat and he's doing a good job at it. So, <laughs> uh, Something that really surprised me with Impact, uh, especially for Bound for Glory this week, was the triple threat match between the North, uh, Rob Van Dam and Rhino, and uh, Willie Mack and Rich Swan. Now, I am a wrestling historian. I know Rob Van Dam has been a heel before in ECW. I think that's how he actually started, was as a heel. I was not expecting him to turn heel on Rhino at the pay-per-view. <laughs> there, I had nothing, there was nothing beforehand. This was kind of like a thrown-together tag team before the match even started. Uh, yeah, it was a thrown-together thrown tag team before this pay-per-view. And, and then out of nowhere, Rhino super kicks, uh, my bad, RVD super kicks Rhino. <laughs> and now he's a bad guy. Like, What? <laughs> the North are awesome to watch, by the way. I think the North are one of the best tag teams in the world. I've been saying this since uh, they're the Monster Mafia uh, with AAW. Uh, and they're just awesome to watch. I love transcribing their matches. Uh, tr- again, there's a lot of stuff on this pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, can- right, let's, let's get into this. Moose and Ken Shamrock. I thought a couple spots here and there were cool with Ken Shamrock. He's still he's still in amazing shape for his age. Uh, obviously, the guy's a freaking animal. But there was also parts of the match that I thought was kind of slow. And I wouldn't say this match was disappointing, but I wouldn't say this was one of the best matches of the show. So Moose did defeat Ken Shamrock with help from Frank Trigg. Uh, there's still questions up the air as far as Ken Shamrock's future with Impact Wrestling. We'll have to see how that goes. And then, finally, 
you know, you had Sammy Callahan against Brian Cage for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship as the main event. My God, man, that match was awesome. <laughs> Brian Cage did defeat Sammy Callahan to re- retain the Impact World title with a drill call through thumbtacks. And he's uh, celebrating the show Macho Man style with um, Melissa Santos. Or a.k.a. Mamacita Santos, as I like to call her. Let's <laughs> uh, go, cool. Brian Cage got to retain. Now they're doing a rematch for the Access TV premiere of Impact this Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be Brian Cage against Sammy Callahan in a steel cage match for the world title. Uh, and I think Mar Fuji is going to be wrestling Josh Josh Alexander on this show too. Now here's the thing: I don't know if this show is going to be live on Access or this is going to be a taped show this weekend. I have absolutely no idea. I have to look out for that. Okay. With that said, let's transition to this week in WWE. Friday Night SmackDown this weekend was pretty good, <laughs> pretty pretty good. I I really enjoyed both Raw and SmackDown this weekend. There were certain things that stood out to me. Uh, you know, looking through this, this could, again, we're having another transitional phase with both shows because uh, we're at the final quarter of the year where you got new rosters, new feuds, and you're wrapping up the year before you really start kicking the gears for WrestleMania 36. And... You know, I'm very curious to see who's going to take these opportunities and stand out. Jim Ross always has the saying, maximize your TV time, pal. <laughs> Damn right, Kenny. <laughs> JR always preaches about maximizing your TV time. If you're a new draft pick, if you're a free agent that appeared on Raw or SmackDown, or, or, or you're any of these guys from 205 Live who are taking the chance to stand out and maximize your TV time, even if you're not winning a lot, it's very important. So here's the thing. Look at, look at Drew Gulak, for example, on Friday last week on SmackDown. Yes, he got his ass kicked by Braun Strowman. But listen to the promo and him... Bring out, bring back his PowerPoint presentations and listen to the crowd and how excited they were for that. That that, that makes me happy as a guy who's been like one of the main two or five live guys out there. Like, <laughs> I always see the dirty people like, oh, nobody cares about two or five live. Nobody cares about their storylines or whatever. Hey, people pop for uh, the PowerPoint presentation, right? <laughs> um. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan taking on King Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura as the main event. By the way, Roman Reigns and Nakamura had a very good match to kick off the show. Uh, if they're going to do Baron Corbin... No, Corbin can't fight Daniel. What am I talking about? <laughs> Anyways, my bad. I was going to toss the idea of possibly doing Nakamura against Daniel Bryan at Crown Jewel. But that can't happen because Nakamura is a member of Team Flair. And we're literally a week away from Crown Jewel. And just looking at the car for what it is right now, yeah, there's not a lot of storylines heading into this particular event, which that's what it is at the end of the day. It's not really a pay-per-view. It's not something where storylines are supposed to end. It's not one of the biggest shows of the year or whatever. But... 
It's event. It's an event, and I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Actually, there's some matches that I'm looking forward to. Uh, they announced that Cesaro's going to be fighting Mansoor, which that that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, they announced there's going to be a battle royal. I think that's going to happen on the kickoff show. Whoever wins that match will fight AJ Styles later on for the United States Championship. You got this uh, tag team gauntlet match where the winners will become the best tag team in the world. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, the two big mega fights they keep promoting uh, Brock Lesnar against uh, Cain Velasquez and Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. I kind of like the stuff they're doing right now with Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury. I can't lie. You know, Strowman coming into the Performance Center and uh, dropping Fury with a shorter shoulder tackle during his training session. I, I like that stuff. I kind of like what they've been doing so far. Um, as far as uh, Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez is concerned, they're supposed to go face-to-face tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. I like Kane Velasquez's interview that uh, Renee Young did with him on um, WWE Backstage last week. If you haven't seen that, go check that out, that sit-down interview. Um, Kane Velasquez appeared on Raw this week. And <laughs> um, I'm not going to come on here and dog him or anything like that. Obviously, I'm not a former MMA fighter, and still, Cave Velasquez could kick people's ass. Uh, it looked a little, it looked, it looked a little, look, even I'm struggling to work trying to describe this. <laughs> it looked a little odd, uh, just the way he was trying to do the, the waist lock takedown on Shelton Benjamin and laying in the soft, like, rib punches and this and that. Um, you know, I think that's gonna come with time. I don't think that. Cain uh, Velasco is going to be a bad experiment. Obviously, he doesn't have that much talking experience, but when you have a guy who has that type of presence to him, really doesn't need to talk, though. And I get it, it's WWE, though. That, that's the company where you need to talk and uh, get people invested in your feuds and this and that, but um, I'm curious to see how this segment goes tomorrow with Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasco, because uh, I think maybe that program needs a little more steam, and I, obviously they got the right, the right guy to sell it, Paul Heyman. Uh, the promo between him and uh, Rey Mysterio on Raw was really good. Uh, and then uh, Shelton Benjamin being a, a nice tie-in to this uh, storyline and being like the conduit to Brock Lesnar. Uh, it, it makes sense. It's a, it's a good storyline uh, talking point, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, Ray Mysterio says that Cain Velasquez is his best friend and Shelton's uh, Brock's original trainer when they're wrestling amateurly at um, the University of Minnesota. So I like that little tie-in there. I, I like what they're doing there. So I'm curious to see where they go with the Brock Lesnar Cain Velasquez program, uh, especially tomorrow night on SmackDown. Let's see what else stood out to me. Miss TV with Bailey and Sasha Banks. Mike Mizanin, The Miz, you are the man. <laughs> Just watch Miz TV, hear Bailey explain why she uh, turned her back on the fans, and listen to The Miz's uh, line of questioning. It's just absolute gold. I was laughing my ass off. Now, the line where Bailey had where she's like, Life sucks, and then you die. <laughs> Oh, man, that harkened a lot to my childhood during the ads here. That was great. 
life sucks. <laughs> uh, I think Vince said you have to subscribe to the theory that life sucks and then you die. <laughs> I love that stuff. I, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. She looks good with this new uh, character she's doing. You know, I mean, Sasha still looks hot with her blue hair and stuff, but. That's another show for another time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Bailey and Sasha are slowly uh, trying to establish themselves as the dominant duo in the SmackDown Women's Division. Nikki Cross won a six-pack challenge, which was, which was pretty decent. Where uh, she's now the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, let's see, did I miss anything else from uh, Smack SmackDown this week? I don't think I did, but I can always look it up here. Again, even I can use my own website as a point of reference. <laughs> Please use it, folks. ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Please go use it. Humana, 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 hum. Oh, I think my favorite part from SmackDown this week was a promo that Chad Gable cut. Go check it out. If you haven't seen SmackDown, go check out Chad Gables Pro. I thought that was pretty good, too. So, uh, again, I, I thought SmackDown last week was pretty decent. Uh, as far as Monday Night Raw is concerned, I was mentioning this with Hoodie a couple weeks ago. They're really emphasizing on good technical wrestling matches with the younger wrestlers on Raw. And I'm not opposed to that. I think that's a good thing. You know, you have uh, Drew McIntyre and Ricochet. It was freaking insane. Uh, by the way, great to see Ric Flair being back as a heel on WWE television. That's that's something funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, having guys like uh, Humberto Carrillo uh, take Seth Rollins to the limit. You know, you got Andrade, Sin Cara. You know, just a lot of little subtle things that they're doing with the younger talents on the show. And I think it's a good thing, you know. Uh you have a very unique and diverse roster on Monday Night Raw. Use it to your advantage. You have good balance of veterans and young younger talent from 205 Live. Showcase them. Have have Randy Orient fight Akira Tozawa one week. Have uh, Kevin Owens fight Buddy Murphy. You know, <laughs> have Cedric Alexander fight Seth Rollins. You know, he had these opportunities where. Raw could be the technical wrestling show, and um, again, I, I really like the roster they have right now for Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Now, is, is there things that, that can be hit and miss as far as storylines are concerned? Sure, <laughs> I don't know what to make of the Rod, the lot of Rusev, Bobby Lashley stuff. I don't, but <laughs> I'm curious to see how that plays out. You know, this is the the consequences of. Fans saying they want the Attitude Era back, and they kind of forget that not everything in the Attitude Era was good. So, <laughs> anyways, um, again, that was my thoughts on this week of WWE. They got the return of the Firefly Funhouse uh, tomorrow night on SmackDown. It was nice to see Kevin Owens return on SmackDown, and uh, my bad, return to Monday Night Raw. It helped the Street Profits get their first victory over the OC. I thought that was pretty funny. So, again, a pretty solid week for WWE coming off the heels of the WWE draft. And we'll see how things uh, continue to build as we head towards Survivor Series. All right. Let's move on, shall we? NWA Power. My God. <laughs> I, lo 
I love this brand. I, I really do. I love NWA Power. NWA is probably my favorite wrestling show right now, and I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, I want to I want to pull this up for you guys really quick and see if I can find this. Um, you know the the name of the episode was the the Twilight of Tim Storm. So you know Tim Storm lost that match with Nick Aldis. Now he will never have another shot at the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. And there's this, like, storyline brewing, like, what what is Tim Storm going to do for the rest of his career? And that's a good question. We got to see what happens. He, he gets interviewed by Joe Galley, right? And he's about to say he has to think about his future. Eli Drake's trying to uh, convince um, Tim Storm to reconsider that, and they could be a tag team and go for different gold. And <laughs> it was it was really cool. It's really, really cool. Uh, I don't know what it is with Eli Drake. Is he going to be a good guy or a um, a heel? <laughs> we'll have to figure out sooner or later. But um, it is nice to see Eli Drake, uh, Eli Drake back on weekly television. So that is a good thing. I wanted to I wanted to play this thing from NWA Power. It's a little bit of a promo from Aaron Stevens. So, uh, who's your tag team partner going to be? Tim Storm, the Dawson's uh, mystery tag partner. You, sir, have me out here and you're wanting to talk about other people, right? Uh, you should have your job uh, description. Maybe you should read it, right? Oh. Did they print it out for you? Hey, look, well, Silence! <laughs> now, you may be wondering why I am dressed like this. What? If I would... We have an hour show and I will wait. Thank you. You have a sword? I am here. I am not Captain Morgan. (laughs) Aaron Stevens. This is the best brand for him right now. NWA. (laughs) He has a good connection with that uh, studio crowd right there in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh my god, man. They've been really happy with the promos. I won't lie, there hasn't been a lot of wrestling matches, but, you know, this is out of the game. This is the NWA. We're establishing who these characters are. You got uh, Aaron Stevens. You got Eli Drake. You got the world champion, Nick Aldis. You got all these guys on the roster right now for NWA. You got Allison Kay as the women's champion. You got Jay Storm having a feud with Cole Cabana for the national championship. NWA is just fun to watch. <laughs> it really is. Uh, from top to bottom, I enjoyed their brand. Uh, Nick Aldis uh, being the main cog of NWA is a good thing, and he fits that role very good. I think he's a very good world champion, because he is the real world champion. And uh, Camille, that is another pleasant sight, I must say. Yes! <laughs> so I really enjoyed NWA Power this week. If you haven't watched the show, you're really, really missing out. Binge watching. It's only an hour long on YouTube. <laughs> you can really get something out of it. It's a new wrestling company to watch during the week, or you can watch it on a Saturday or something. I really enjoy what NWA is doing so far, and they got their pay view into the fire, which is going to be December 14th. So be on the lookout for that. I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, finally, before we head out for this week's edition of the Who's Podcast, I think it is time to talk about this week's edition of uh, AEW versus NXT, The Wednesday Night Wars. 
<laughs> now, before I get to the, my main topic of the show today, let's talk about what actually happened on these shows last night, as I talked to you here on a Thursday. Let's start off with AEW. We had the semifinals of the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournaments. Uh, you had Lucha Brothers defeating Private Party and uh, SCU conquering the Dark Order, who still can't seem to resonate with anybody in the AEW fan base or any wrestling fans <laughs> around the world. Um, Lucha Brothers and Private Party was a good match. Here's my thing. The in-ring action, as far as AEW is concerned, is not bad. It's not. Obviously, it's really fun to watch. The crowd is into it. It's kind of, kind of got their old Ring of Honor crash and burn type of feel to it where you're doing a gazillion spots at the same time and false finishes and planchas and all this extra stuff. By the way, how many damn insiguries can you do in a damn match? Like, <laughs> it is hard to tra- transcribe it at times because of the AEW taxi matches. Now, here's the disconnect for me as a fan. Guys, you gotta let me know what this Tornado Tag Team Rules stuff is. Like, a tank count for a wrestler to get out of the ring? Really? (laughs) The referee discretion stuff and them doing tag team combination spots for two minutes without getting the guy out of the ring is a disconnect for me. It really is. I have no issues with wrestling matches going at a high speed and high pace and high energy. I, I'm not opposed to that. But I would like some little psychology, a little at least a little bit of psychology in these taxi matches. What when did any part of the private party Lucha Burner match where you see an actual team cutting the ring in half? It was all spots. It was all combination spots, kicks, response kicks, dies, springboard moves, all of that. It's fun. I thought it was a good match. But there was no psychology to it. <laughs> there was no story that was told. It was just moves. And again, I'm not opposed to moves, but I like to see a match that actually makes sense. <laughs> so, um... When I look at what AEW's doing right now for the tag team tournament, we got the Lucha Brothers and SU in the finals next week in Charleston, West Virginia. Man, <laughs> there's really nothing else to do with Charleston, West Virginia, so go check out that show. By the way, I don't I don't know what the record is for West for West Virginia football because I don't watch college football, but again, AEW Dynamite is probably the biggest thing that's going to happen in uh, West Virginia <laughs> this year, so go check out that show. Uh, overall, Dynamite, I doubt the show is good. Uh, the Inner Circle brawl with Team Cody was pretty funny. Um, I got their talking point as far as that's concerned in a couple minutes, but um, other matches that stood out to me, you know, Kenny Omega against Joe Janelle was a lot of fun. That was a good match. Young Bucks had an impromptu match with Best Friends, which was fine. This is always nice to see the Young Bucks and Best Friends wrestle. Uh, there really wasn't a rhyme or reason to it, but it was nice to see them nonetheless. I think the only issue I've had so far with Dynamite so far is the tag the tag team rules, the, the referee discretion crap. And then, you know, we got pay-per-view coming up uh, two weeks from Sunday. 
No, a week from this Sunday, actually. No, two. Right. Yeah, it's November 9th. So, yo, TNA. <laughs> oh my god, TNA. <laughs> I just called AEW TNA. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> I did not mean that. I have, I'm not saying that AEW's uh, TNA. I, I want to make that perfectly clear. Um, <laughs> Jeez. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, you had um, when it comes to dynamite, I, I look at three things. You know, the the tag rules are all over the place. Uh, the referee discretion thing is not cool. And then finally, you got this period coming up in two weeks in full gear, and you only have two matches announced. Like, what what else is happening on this show? <laughs> There's nothing else being built up right now. I mean. what Okay, we got three matches, actually, because uh, the Young Bucks accepted the match with uh, Santana Ortiz, and that should be a lot of fun. So, all right, what we're going to have here, we're going to have Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho for the AEW World title. You got Kenny Omega against John Moxley, and then you got uh, the Young Bucks against Santana and Ortiz. Like, what else is going to happen on the show? You're going to have Britt Baker and Riho again, or you're going to have... Jake Hager against somebody from um, Cody's group or whatever. It's, like, it's going to be Jake Hager against MJF. Like, I don't know if I want to see that match. <laughs> uh, would it be, like, uh, Jake Hager against Adam Page? Now, that would be a match I would like to see, you know? Um, I could see MJF fighting Sammy Guevara. I could totally see that. i like to see where they go with this. Uh, I, I'm kind of surprised where AEW is, like... Okay, we're going to give you a lot of, like, awesome technical wrestling matches, and we're going to throw little pot shots here and there at the WWE just to get pops. By the way, I find that interesting. I want to give you guys thoughts on this. Is it a good thing where the biggest pops of the night where the guys are taking shots at the WWE on promos? You know, I, I get it. You still get the This Is Awesome chance and Fight Forever and stuff through the wrestling matches. Again, I, I keep saying this uh, to the Cosmo home. AEW wrestling will never be a bad thing. They always have good wrestling matches. I think that's the norm. And I would hope that would be the case when you call your company All Elite Wrestling. So, <laughs> I, good wrestling matches is not a selling point to me because I already know I'm going to get a good wrestling matches from AEW. But... The fact that the biggest pops of the shows are, you know, you know, like I said, the the great wrestling matches, and but the from a talking promo point of view, if the only pops that are resonating through the crowd are shots at the WWE, that's not a good thing, <laughs> in my opinion. And I'm not just saying this because WWE's still around, but like. Get your character over on what you are and not what the other company isn't. Okay, Cody, you haven't been part of WWE for three to four years. We get it. Get over it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I feel like those pot shots and stuff are becoming few and far between. And they continue to not resonate with me because it's like, okay... You you just drew that shot. So okay, you got two for, two former WWE guys, and our whole feud is we're gonna talk crap about the past company instead of what our real issues are with each other. I mean, at least Jericho says that hey, <laughs> I don't like your family. Your dad was a jerk. Yada yada yada. Uh, Jericho called Cody Rhodes the uh, entitled 
millennial little bitch yesterday, which I thought was a good line. And then they obviously had that fun brawl in the concourse area. But when you when you're building up a character and storylines and this and that, refrain from the WWE shots. And you know, Jr. always says it's lame, it's predictable, it does nothing to build your character. Awesome, you got a pop from the the, the seagulls uh, and the sheep in the crowd. They're gonna buy that sub hook line and seeker because that's where we are in wrestling in 2019. Everything WWE does sucks. AEW can do no wrong. They're Teflon, right? So that that's where we are in 2019. Let's talk about NXT. One more swig of water for the working man. Again, I, I'm i looking at this as we're coming up towards the end of the month, and I think NXT, while they have not defeated AEW in ratings um, the last couple weeks at all, I think if you look at the overall show and what it is, I think they've done a better job than AEW right now. And... I'm not, I'm not saying that because I'm a WWE guy or whatever. I watch both shows back-to-back. Before I go to sleep, I transcribe both shows back-to-back. And again, I've been enjoying a lot of aspects of AEW. It's just a little minor things here and there that they could change. But I think from an overall standpoint of watching the shows, I think NXT has done a better job than AEW. And I'm going to explain this today on Hoodie Show. <laughs> And one of the main reasons why is that NXT is building congruent storylines through multiple aspects of their show. Where you have Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley talking shit to each other last week. They have a match this week. And Candice LeRae and Yael Shrine get involved as well. And it helps continue on their feud. And I, I mentioned this last week. NXT has done a phenomenal job of building up their women's division. And where you have four, five, to six different female comparators vying for Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship. I think that's a good thing. So, that's one of the main reasons there. Again, you know, they're, NXT's dishing out as good matches as AEW is. You know, Matt Riddle and Cameron Grimes last night. That was great. Uh, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. Uh, Angel Garza, even though the match was short, I thought he had a good match with uh, Jack Gallagher. And then, of course, you got the main event. Keith Lee, Roderick Strong, and Dominic Dijakovic. Holy shit, man. <laughs> that match was insane, man. And when it comes to main events, NXT does have the edge over AEW right now. It's not even close. <laughs> uh, that title match was absolutely insane. These guys are awesome. Um, I don't know when this Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic feud will end, but... Uh, it was, again, it was an awesome, awesome match. And then the biggest thing, I, I feel like, again, it goes back to storylines, too. I like what they're doing with Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho. Uh, I think some aspects of the John Moxley, Kenny Omega feud have been kind of a hit and miss. I actually like to hear John Moxley cut a promo <laughs> instead of having a random match with Pac. Is Pac going to be uh, added to this uh, Kenny Omega John Moxley feud? I don't know. But I, I would like to hear John Moxley speak, actually. <laughs> um, I think NXT has done a good job when it comes to, you know, you having suspense through your storylines, but also you're building up stuff for the next week, too. 
And you have uh, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, he, he wants to get his championship back, right? Uh, he's going after Adam Cole. Finn Balor shows up, you know, Undisputed Era's beating up Keith Lee. Tommaso Ciampa walks down the ring with Johnny Gargano. They're joined by Finn Balor. Then out of nowhere, Finn Balor turns on Johnny Gargano with one of the nastiest overhead kicks I've ever seen in my entire life. And then he does a shotgun drop kick into the fans over the barricade. And then he, I think he did like a 1960 or Bloody Sunday type of move on the ramp, which was absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> Finn Balor is now a bad guy. He did not join forces with the Undisputed Era. But, again, I think NXT has done a way better job where, yeah, you still have wrestling matches that are on the level of AEW, but you're also building feuds, and you're building storylines, and you're having character development, while other guys at AEW are worried about throwing their cheat shots at WWE to get a cheap pop from the crowd, you know? <laughs> That's what I take away as we're in the first month of this Monday Night Wars. Ratings, obviously, AEW is going to have the edge. Social media-wise, AEW's going to have the edge, because like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, AEW's at the point where they're Teflon, and they could do no wrong, and what everything WWE does is bad. And everybody just has bad juju towards the WWE, you know? I mentioned this last week, for a company that people love to talk shit about, they sure watch it a lot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's just my thoughts on where you are as far as we, uh, month number one of the Monday Night Wars is concerned, so... Uh, again, another fun week of pro wrestling. No pay-per-views this weekend, thank God. <laughs> uh, Crown Jewel's coming up a week from today. It's going to be on Halloween. I'm excited for the show, and we'll see what goes down in, uh, in Sheboygan, in, um, in, uh, Alaska. <laughs> WWE Crown Jewel in, uh, <laughs> WWE Crown Jewel in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, you know, WWE Crown Jewel in uh, Minnetonka, Minnesota. <laughs> uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Oviedo, Florida. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, guys. I want to thank you guys so much for checking out episode 178 of the Who's Podcast. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Like I mentioned before at the top of the show, I'm really grateful for you guys' support. And I want you guys to let the world know what you think about the show. Please send your reviews on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Spotify. Make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And more importantly, hope you guys enjoyed the show and enjoy your wrestling weekend. I love you guys. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Hoots Podcast and JoshyLopez94. I love you guys. Have a, for, have a wonderful weekend. Remember... Live your life on your own accord. Um, <laughs> be the authentic product that is yourself. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. This has been episode 178 of the Who's Podcast on the Student of the Game Professor Wrestling, Josh Lopez. Talk to you guys next week. Uh, yes, sir.